like to read from verse 24. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put devious speech far from you. Speech or lips is the concept there. Let's pray. Our Father, we humbly bow before you tonight and come to a subject that affects all of us. And we pray, Father, and ask that by your grace and help that you would help us to be people who put away lying, that speak the truth, and yet speak it in love. And we pray, Father, and ask that as we continue in our study of Proverbs, that this area would be profitable in all of our aspects, in our dealing as families, as family of Christ, in the world in which we work, in which we have social contact, and that, Father, we would be known for people who speak the truth. And so, Father, we commit the study of the Word of God to you tonight with thanksgiving, praying also that you continue to be with the Gushaw family and the loss of Dem's sister and in the recovery uh, from the fire. And we commit these things to you, and we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right, we come to a subject that does indeed affect all of us and uh, is a challenge uh, to all of us, and that is the subject of lying. Uh, none of us would probably want to admit it, but I believe that it is true with every one of us that we have lied, or we do lie, and we are liars. Now, that's a pretty strong statement. But we can see clearly the instruction here is to put it away. And we will be talking about a number of things in relationship uh, to that if, as the Lord allows time. But let me certainly begin with us defining uh, lying. What is a lie? And for each of us, that should not be too difficult. And if we consult, as I have, uh, some dictionaries to try to just uh, take the simplest perspectives on it. Um, the simplest one that you'd find in an English dictionary is something that's not true. Something that's not true is a lie, okay? But it doesn't end there. Uh, a false statement. Well, obviously, that's a lie, but that's, again, part of the definition. A false statement that is known. And uh, it's interesting because, um, and I quote this one, uh, a false statement, to define that for us, is a statement that is known to be false by the person who makes it. So whether or not they're even admitting it, they know in their heart that what they're saying is false. To lie is to, and hold on to this, it is to deceive. Any type of deception is a lie. To mislead when you know that someone is asking something and you intentionally say something hoping that they will misinterpret or they will be misled. That is a lie. 
quote unquote, a half truth. <laughs> what is it? A full lie, not even a half lie. It's a, it's a lie. In fact, and I quote a person by the name of Tennyson, they said a half truth is the blackest of all lies because it's the most dangerous. You find that in the Garden of Eden as well. A lie is a white lie, whatever that is. I remember growing up as a child and, well, it was just a, li a white lie. Yeah, it was a lie, plain and simple. The ones I think we struggle with uh, to deceive, to mislead, are this last one that I'll give you. And there, there are other forms as you go on. I was amazed. I consulted some dictionaries, an English dictionary. Uh, and you can probably do it online right there, but don't go do that right now. But uh, the point is, uh, I was amazed by how long the definition was. I, when I went to lying, I thought I was going to find you know, a couple of lines on it. It was almost, on one of the dictionaries, almost the whole right side of the page in, in, in explaining it. But the last one I want to get to, it's an exaggeration. When you exaggerate. That's a challenge to my own heart. I have a tendency to use the terms pretty loosely. An exaggeration is a lie. It is a lie. And we need to hear these things because it does affect all of us. Um, before I give you a couple of examples of things that I think we need to be concerned about before we get into the scripture as well, I was challenged in my own mind and heart and, and thought about this. Why do we lie? So we say lying is a, something that's not true. It's to deceive, it's to mislead, it is to exaggerate. All of those things are a form of lying, not telling the truth. Why would we do that? Well, there's many reasons why we would do it, but let me offer you a couple, I think, that are common. And if they're not with you, I know they have been uh, in my life as I've had situations. Number one, I put down uh, because we're embarrassed by the truth. To speak the truth would be an embarrassment to us because of something we've done. And so we don't want to admit to it. Secondly, to make ourselves look good in the eyes of others, to impress them. Why would we lie? Because we want them to think more highly of us. We want, why do people lie on applications to schools? Why do people lie or exaggerate their, their resume so that people would be impressed. And we hear more and more today of people who were hired and they find out that their resume was not a truthful resume. They didn't really get those qualifications. They didn't really do that. Why did they lie to impress people? So we may lie simply to make ourselves look better. Another reason that I would give you, uh, and again, these are just some reasons to think about, is the fear of punishment. When we know we've done something wrong and uh, we know we've said something wrong and now somebody comes and confronts us about that, we are concerned because we know that ultimately if I say now the truth now, I'm going to face punishment. So we lie. We lie about it. Others would lie or deceive or exaggerate simply to hurt somebody. 
the idea is to really, they really want to get someone. And they want to make sure that they hurt. And so they'll lie because they are out to get the hurt into someone else. Or, I'll give you one more for tonight, and that is we may lie just to get something we want. We want something, and we know the only way we can get it is to lie about something, and by lying, that person's probably going to give us what we want. Have you done this? Yes, okay, well, you got what you wanted. Now, you can't have this without, okay, we, I, I did. Did you? No. And we lie. So lying is a devastating thing, as we're going to see in, as we go on. But let me give you some examples, uh, and these are just a few to stimulate our thinking at the outset when we're talking about putting away lying and getting away from lying. Um, especially, I'm speaking to an audience like this, and as Christians, we'd turn around and we'd say, yep, I don't lie. You're a liar. <laughs> and, you know, we laugh about that and say, you know, Pastor Dan, I, I try for my integrity's sake to really be consistent and so forth. I hope that's true. I hope that's true, but the only one that I know that's never lied is God, and I'll see that in just a second. But let me give you a couple of examples. And honestly, let me, before I get to those examples, when we lie, we often come up with excuses why we lie or try to defend the lie. And we've all been there. Well, I, I really didn't lie. Just a little bit. You lied. How? Someone calls on the phone, tell them I'm not here. It's a lie. Tell them I'm too busy. It's a lie. Now, not all the time, it may be. You know, someone's busy and they're operating, just say, I'll get back to them later on, and so forth. But these are things that we do all the time. How about this one? Everyone's doing it. Really? All the kids, all the other parents, hmm, that's a lie. How about this one for believers? Pastor Dan, many people are saying, really? Name some of them. Well, there's many people saying, hmm, it's probably a lie. If you can't come up with people, then who's the many? Or I hear a lot of people saying, right? People are wondering what, what people? These are things that Christians do all the time. So-and-so said it was okay, so I guess it's okay. Now you just, the question is, did so-and-so even say it was okay? Who's so-and-so? You see, these are just some simple statements. And we looked at children, but you know, adults say that all the time. When they want to get their way and when they want to take an advantage or when they want to hold a position and so forth. And so the common, everybody's saying this. Who's everybody? That's an exaggeration. That's a lie. And these are things that happen as Christians. Now, I could go on and spend all the time just on that. I want to begin with a positive, and that is we have a God that cannot lie. Praise God for that. Just go to Titus chapter 1. We're coming right back to Proverbs, and we're going to spend our time there 
dealing with the subject of lying. But this is something you can take to the bank. I don't know if you want to do that in these days, but you know what I mean. In Titus chapter 1, verse 2. In the hope of eternal life, which God, watch, who cannot lie. He cannot lie. That's very consistent with what you would find elsewhere in Scripture as well. But there's the point. Our God cannot lie. And that's why when he says, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. Uh, I remember being asked that when I was a very new believer. How do you know you're saved? Well, the only reason I know I'm saved because God's word says this, and I believe it. Why? Because God said it, end of discussion. And that's really what we can take to other people. We can rely on the fact, if we're talking about the resurrection this morning, there's going to be a resurrected spiritual body. Why? God cannot lie, and he said so. Praise the Lord. We can rely on that. But with men, that's not true. Men are liars. Well, let me point out a, a number of things. First of all, from God's perspective, as we go through Proverbs, there is so much on this subject in Proverbs, and I tried to continue to pull it down, pull it down, pull it down. Uh, but first of all, God's perspective on lying. Bottom line is this. He hates it. It is an abomination before God. It is an abomination. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 6. There are six things, verse 16. There are six things which the Lord hates, yes, seven, which are, what? An abomination to him. Haughty eyes, or pride, number one. What's number two? A lying tongue. A lying tongue. It's an abomination. Now, I want to stop there for just one second to give you some perspective. Idolatry in scripture is called an abomination. How many of us, don't raise your hand, would put lying in the same category as idolatry? God does. In what sense? In the sense of before him, it is an absolute abomination when it's there in our life. God puts a category of homosexuality as an abomination. How many of us would take a stand against homosexuality and then lie? Same category as far as abomination goes. Bestiality is spoken of in scripture as an abomination before God. When you lie to your spouse, you lie to your parents, when you lie to your teachers, when you lie to your worker, when you are lying to your neighbor, when you're involved in lying, it's an absolute abomination before God. That's what he says. I want to go on in this passage. Why? Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans. Do you know what that is? Lying. Comes up again. A false witness who utters lies. In the category that God speaks of, and by the way, 
We tend to, even in Christianity, to not talk about lies, ought to talk about the last part of verse 19. The one who spreads strife among brothers. The ones that are spreading strife are the ones that are lying. We don't talk about that stuff. And yet those are the ones that are labeled specifically in the book of Proverbs as being an abomination before God. And so when lying comes into our lives, and it does, we need to see that, that concept of a false witness. A false witness is part of the Ten Commandments. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Lying's right there. It's very strong. And let me say, depending upon how far I get tonight, right now, that as an adult, if that's part of your life, pray to God and ask God to help it be removed. There's no room for it. Young people, don't get in the habit of lying now. You lie now and it becomes more easy to lie later on and your life becomes a lie. And how many times do we see that on the news? I read an article, interestingly enough, it had nothing to do with the message. I read it an hour ago, half an hour ago, I don't know, it was sometime this afternoon before I got ready to come. And I was just reading an article and the keynote speaker, this is a true story, keynote speaker at a Christian conference on biblical worldview and how to live it went to the conference as a married man with another woman and stayed in the motel with her. What a lie. Speak at a conference about a Christian worldview, and if you want to know where that article is, it's in World Magazine. And I heard about the article before I read it. Terrible. Don't let that become a part of your life. Lying's an abomination. Go with me to chapter 12 of Proverbs. So I can't be much stronger. And I'm speaking to myself. And I'm speaking to you as well. Well, God's word is speaking to all of us. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. But those who deal faithfully are his delight. He delights in those who are dealing faithfully. He delights with those who are dealing with the truth. But lying lips, it's an abomination. Abomination. Secondly, from God's perspective, I'm not going to turn to this one. It's in the New Testament. I think you'll be familiar with it enough just to jot it down. Excuse me if you're taking notes. But it is Satan himself who is called the what? Father of lies, John 8, 44. He was a liar from the beginning, God, the Lord Jesus Christ said, and he is the father of lies, John 8. So he's the father of them. He sets the pattern. Where do you think people will go? So we see right away, from God's perspective, he hates lying. It's an abomination to him. And this should not surprise us, as we've been studying Proverbs, Liars, next point, are fools. Our contrast has been foolishness and wisdom. When I lie, 
When you lie, we are a fool. Really? Yes. Proverbs 10. Proverbs 10. Look at verse 18. He who conceals hatred has lying lips. That is, you look on the surface. That's another form of lying that I think is another common way. You know, we're smiling at our classmate. We're smiling at our neighbor. We're smiling at our spouse. We're, oh, well, better not go there. I hope we don't hate our spouse. Sorry for that. I don't think that's the case. But you know what I'm saying. We're smiling at another individual. We're in the inside. It's not that way. It's not that way. And he says here, he who conceals hatred is lying lips, and he who spreads slander is what? We'll come back to this one later, but he who sends slander is a fool. A fool. Go with me to chapter 14 and verse 8. 14 and verse 8. The wisdom of the sensible is to understand his way. But the foolishness of fools is deceit. And in Proverbs, I probably should have said this from the beginning, and I didn't give you all the Hebrew words and so forth, but the concept of deceit and lying go hand in hand in the book of Proverbs. But what we see is it's foolishness. So fools, what? It's deceit. That's his foolishness. He likes to deceive. He likes to lie. Also, from God's perspective, the liar, the person who's lying, actually does hate those he's lying about. You say, well, I lied about this person, I lied about that, but I don't really hate them. Proverbs 26. Proverbs 26. From God's perspective, you do. A lying tongue hates those it crushes. I personally like that translation. Literally, it's the crushed ones or the people that get crushed because that's what a lying tongue does. Destroys rip. Oh, I'm sorry. 26, 28. Thank you for that. Chapter 26, verse 28. Lying lips hates those it crushes. So when you get lying lips, the one you're lying about, you can destroy a person's reputation just because you lied. And they can fight all they want to try to get it back, and it, it, it's almost impossible. Almost impossible. We need to see that. Just a few words, and you can destroy, absolutely destroy another person's life, and you hate them. A couple other things from God's perspective. According to the book of Proverbs, it is better to be poor. It is better to have nothing at all than to be a liar. That's pretty strong. Turn with me to Proverbs 19. Verse 22. These are things to chew on as we get caught in a lie or get ready to be tempted to because of embarrassment, because of the consequences or whatever to lie, to think about, and that's why I wanted to put it this way first, God's perspective. It's an abomination uh, that it shows foolishness that it actually hates the person or situation. Uh, and it's better to actually have nothing than to, or to be poor is what I should be saying. Chapter 19, verse 22. 
What is desirable is a, in a man is his kindness. What a contrast here that's going to be put in verse 22. And it is better to be a poor man than a liar. You better not have to go through life, and sometimes that's why people lie. When I get to that, why, again, do people lie and what, it, what happens in forms of it, but we'll get there. So it's better to be poor from God's perspective. Liars will be punished. Next point. From God's perspective, liars will be punished. Proverbs 19, look at verse 5. A false witness or a liar will not go unpunished. He who tells lies will not escape. You won't escape the judgment of God. You may for a time being get away, but most of the time your lying will be found out. You will get exposed and then the embarrassment is going to be worse. I'll tell you something else that happens with lying, not in the book of Proverbs that I know of, and that is the more you lie, the more you will forget what you lied about, and it'll get worse and worse and worse. And eventually, you're going to forget who you lied to about what. And you'll get caught. Proverbs 19, verse 9. Again, same thing he just said in verse 5. A false witness will not go unpunished. And he who tells lies will perish We'll even face the punishment of God. Proverbs 21 and verse 6. The acquisition of treasures, you might think in terms of money, to get it by stealing, to get it by lying, by lying tongue, is a fleeting vapor, the pursuit of death. That's where it leads. It leads to punishment. It leads to death. In fact, the book of Revelation, I won't turn there, but it's pretty strong. I'll give you the references in chapter 21, and then in chapter 22, it says there will be no lying there. Everything like that and deceit will be held outside of heaven. Now, those will be lives that will change, obviously, and all those that are outside and will not inherit the kingdom of heaven uh, and didn't, obviously, because of their, they didn't trust in Christ. Now, again... We've all lied before salvation. It's been cleansed, but even in salvation, we also lie. Also, one more thing from God's perspective, and there's some others we could point out, but let me give you one more. It only lasts for a moment. It only lasts for a moment. Go with me to chapter 12 of Proverbs. And in chapter 12, verse 19, look at the contrast. Truthful lips will be established how long? Forever. But a lying tongue, only for a moment. Why? It's not truth. God knows it. Punishment will come. Judgment will come. Only lasts for a moment. But the truth you can count on. And it will last forever. Ever. Lying can be seen in many different forms. I want to go on to the next point that I want to bring to you. It can be seen in many different forms that may come up. Number one, 
it's easy to see this one in a wicked person, someone who's godless. Go with me to chapter 6 of Proverbs. Chapter 6. And just a, I get a sample of verses on several of these areas. Chapter 6, verse 12. A worthless person, a wicked man, is the one who walks with a perverse mouth. A deceitful mouth is what is being dealt with in verse 12. A lying mouth. What is that? It's a wicked man. It's a worthless person. And that's their walk. They walk that way in their life. And that's a person that's outside of the family of God. We're not, I'm not even going to have time, I can see by the clock, to get to the New Testament that I just want to compare it to. So we see how it should be put away from believers. But at least tonight, it's recognized that that's one thing that it can be seen, lying lips can be seen in a person that has nothing to do with God. They want to walk as a wicked person. It also is on the lips of a slanderer, a person who hates another person, a person who slanders another person's reputation. Go with me to chapter 10 of Proverbs. I guess I would not do it justice if I didn't deal with this with this audience tonight. So let, let me say this much because of this area of slander. If someone comes to you and says this, did you hear what happened to so-and-so? And they're not talking about someone that was in an accident or someone like the situation with the house fire. They're talking about, did you hear that such-and-so did so-and-so, such-and-so? Or did you hear that such-and-so said this? Or that this is going on? What should you do with that? shouldn't be listening to it. The tendency we have is to take that and run with it to somebody else. Check it out. Oh, is that really? How did you find that out? Did you hear it first? No, someone else told me. It's a lot of times how slander starts. And you ought to be able to go to that person and find out if that's true. That's a biblical uh, stage that we ought to go through. You ought to charge that person. Look, I, I will never forget a fellow believer. It was one of the biggest lessons that I learned in watching and observing. Someone came to him with a rumor, and the person said, should I be listening to this? I don't even think I should be listening to this. How do you know it's true? And well, so-and-so said, and I witnessed the person saying, you know what? I, not only should I be not listening to this, but you shouldn't be listening to this because you're not even sure that it's true. And yet it could have destroyed somebody's reputation. We have a tendency to do just the opposite as Christians. We should check things out. Slander is terrible. Chapter 10, verse 18. That's a form of lying. He who conceals hatred has lying lips. And he who, watch this, spreads sl slander, you're a fool. That's the category that we sometimes put ourselves in. If you're just quick to hear something from somebody and start spreading it to somebody else, that's a form of slander. It's a form of foolishness. It's also right in the category there of deceit and can go in the category of lying lips. Chapter 26 of the book of Proverbs, verse 24. The point of all of this tonight is obviously that we should put it away. It should not be a part of our lives. But in chapter 26, verse 24, 
He who hates disguises it, how? With his lips, but he lays up deceit, where is it? In his heart. And again, oftentimes we say something to somebody and, oh, I'm, I'm glad for you when all of it, you know, let me try to really make it practical in Christianity as pastors, the thing, as a pastor, sometimes the things I see and the things I hear and the, and the things that happen and go on. You know where this happens? In that area that I hate to use this term, but I will, in the area of Christian liberty. In the area of differences. How? When a person hears something that someone else has done that they might not agree with, and they say to him, oh, you know, is that right? And, you know, all of, and all the time inside, they're judging the person's Christianity. They're taking the person down and can't wait to get away from that to tell somebody else, do you know what such and so does? Or do you know where such and so went? You know what such, a, but inside, that's their condition. When outside before in front of that person, it was, Oh, really? That's okay. Yeah, that's fine. That's deceit. That's an abomination. See, we don't, as Christians, worry about those things. We get concerned about those and put those in a, in a strong category. But it is. But it is. This idea of looking at a person and, and, and pretending that everything's fine or pretending we're their friend and inside or against everything that's being done. So a slanderer. It may be seen, deception may be seen by the way we deal in our business transactions. Go with us, go with me to Proverbs 11. How do you deal in business? We probably look at this verse and just bounce right over it. Chapter 11, verse 1. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord. But a just weight is his delight. Well, how's that got to do with lying? Absolutely it does. A false balance is a lie. It's deceit. We didn't treat people the same way. We didn't give a just weight. We took advantage so we could make money, if you will. I'm going to make another comment about that one before the night's over. Chapter 20, verse 23, same thing. I want you to see just how much Proverbs deals with the lying tongue. Now, I still haven't heard the message, but I understand Al did give a message on our speech. I'm not sure exactly how, whether it tied into this or not, but the book of Proverbs has a lot to say about lying. In 2023, deferring weights, or differing weights, excuse me, differing weights uh, is what? An abomination before the Lord, and a false scale is not good. Why would we do that? Well, I'll put it this way. Proverbs puts it this way to, we cheat to make money. We cheat to make money. That's a lie. Go to chapter 21 and verse 6. Look at two verses and I'm going to make some comments. 21.6, the acquisition of treasures by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor and a pursuit of death. We just saw that. Acquisition of treasures. What is that? Maybe making money. Make it by deceit. 
Go with me to chapter 11 of Proverbs. Look at verse 18. The wicked earns deceptive wages, but he who sows righteousness gets a true reward. You mean we can be deceitful in that way? We can get this deceptive wages. We can do that by deceiving with a false scale. We can do that and, and mislead. Yes. Well, how does that become practical? Let me give you a very simple and common expression of how that's done. Ready for this one? Under the table. What? We, we jumping under tables now? Just pay them under the table. That's cheating. That's a lie. That's what that is. Some of you have heard me give this story before, but I will again. I was asked to maintain accounting records for an individual, and as I looked at the books and so forth, I noticed that there was a, a bit of a problem with a couple of people's situation. And I said, you know, what is this situation? Well, they're getting paid, but they're getting paid under the table. I said, really? I said, well, that's against the law. You're cheating Uncle Sam. You can't do that. Um, well, I was advised by this person. You know who that person was? A Christian. You know who was asking me to take care of their books? An unbeliever. The unbeliever was following, and I checked it out. The unbeliever was following the directions of a fellow believer who said the only way you can reduce that is to pay them under the table. You know you folks know that I officiate and so forth and things like that. I run into that with officials all the time. They don't want a W-2. We go to a place and I'm filling out a W-9. That just happened this week. You know, you go to a situation and you, you hadn't been there to work before and it was a college game, so the college said, would you fill out the W-9 and, and so forth. So we have the, yeah, sure, give me the thing, fill it all out and whatever. My partner, I ain't filling out a W-9 for them. Why? Are they going to pay us at the end of the game? Well, they want you to fill the devil nine. Says so right. I don't want to wreck it. That's deceit. See, we these are the things. I'm just trying to make it real because those are the things we say we don't lie. We say we don't cheat. You know, we want to work and you know we get paid, but Uncle Sam didn't get his. And well, you know, we're responsible to pay our taxes, folks. That's the way Christians sometimes behave. That's a lie. That is an abomination before God. And we need to see it that way. We need to understand. Even the council can be, go with me to chapter 12. Chapter 12, verse 5. At least tonight I hope we accomplish giving you a little picture of what it looks like. And then the next time what I'll do is what believers should do. Obviously we should run away from it and so forth. And we'll give you not only the New Testament I mentioned, but also from Proverbs, a number of things that we can do. But let me just finish these two points. Counseling, chapter 12, verse 5. The thoughts of the righteous are just, 
But the counsels of the wicked are deceitful. What do you mean? Is it possible for someone to get counsel of people that are trying to deceive? Absolutely. Don't tell them all the truth. What would you do if an attorney said that to you? Well, you know, I'm going to lose this case if I tell them the truth. And the attorney's saying, well, just don't tell you. No, that's counsel that's wicked. Doesn't mean you don't have to answer a question you might not be asked. But see, we can be put on the carpet with a simple subject of lying that we don't even want to talk about. The other one I'll give you is it comes up in this form as well. Go with me to Proverbs 25. It's called bragging. Do you ever brag about things to make yourself look good in somebody's eyes when in reality that's not the real you? You either didn't achieve certain things or maybe you achieved something but you don't. You want to look better in other people's eyes? Proverbs 25, 14. Like the clouds and wind without rain is a man who boasts of his gifts falsely. Falsehood. Boasting. That's what I want to concentrate on. To boast falsely. Oh, yeah, I've achieved that. Oh, yeah, you should see uh, what I did here or what we did there. And he's trying to impress. That happens with young people. They think they got to impress people or people at work to get up the ladder. I get all of these credentials. Oh, yeah, I've done that. Have you ever been in situations like that where you want to impress your boss? Oh, yeah, I can handle that. Okay, fine. They give you an assignment, and you're saying, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. It takes courage. And I can, I can tell you that for, as an example. While, when I was in accounting, I'll never forget, I was, I was a manager in an accounting firm at the time. But um, it was a client right in Lawrence, Massachusetts. And I was sent there to, it was a small client, whatever. It, was, it had to do with chemicals and so on. And they wanted me to design a system for them and so forth. And I had designed some systems and whatever. But I went in there, and I, and I looked at it, and I, I worked with it. I went to the partner of the firm, and I said, I'm in over my head. He said, don't ever say that. I said, I don't know what I'm doing. I said, I don't understand these chemicals, and really to put in the right system to benefit their client and so forth. Somebody in the, has to know more about that and, and I just don't know about it. You know what? I was pulled off the job and moved up. You know what? And it's tough because you think, I don't know what else they're going to say, but I was in a situation that I didn't know. I didn't know. But sometimes we want to brag and say, oh, yeah, I can handle it. I can do that. When we really can't and we brag about things. We want to be careful. All those things, just to point out, you know, there are different forms of lying. Cheating in business, slandering somebody, uh, running with a, a, a falsehood, uh, giving counsel in, a, in an area, looking at a person and smiling at them while inside you're, you're really not smiling at them at all. You're not even with them. Or to say, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the outside when in, inside you're not. Or to go behind the scenes, it's all a form of lying. And in God's eyes, it's an abomination. I will end with this. On a positive side, 
Uh, Forrest, what I began with, just to go back to that verse. And Lord willing, next week I'll wrap this up by just concentrating on how the Christian should treat it and uh, what have I got in my notes here? How we should treat it and, and run away from it, basically. But as we started tonight, go back to Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 24. Interestingly enough, for those who read the proverb a day, this is in today's proverb as well. Put away deceitful a deceitful mouth and put precious speech far from you. Here's the idea. Put it away. Get rid of it. If the guilt's there and we get guilty over it and get convicted over it, ask God for help because if you try to get victory on your own, it will not happen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you humbly. Lord, our lips, James says, can cause a fire. With our lips, we can be so deceitful, we can lie. Oh, Father, forgive us. Help us to have a light and a life that's truly transparent. We talk about transparency today and then lie. Yet, Father, we pray that you'd help us to have integrity with our families, with work, with our neighbors in the local assembly, with the body of Christ. Help us to be men and women, boys and girls of our word. Help us to speak the truth. And Father, as lying comes in or deceit, might you bring conviction and recall to our minds your view of it, and might we hate it like you hate it, and might you take it far from us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.